really capitalizing on the public's smaller attention span. Why did ESPN get big? It got big because of SportsCenter. Why is SportsCenter big? Welcome to episode one, season one, clip one of the Built with a T, the Built in Public podcast. I'm Bryce and I'm joined by Mason. Hey guys, welcome to Built in Public. So we wanted to start this podcast because recently we have less, left our nine to fives. We both come from the um, like info marketing space, digital marketing space with like fintech based companies. We've been working there over the last like half a decade. So we've learned a ton of skills that we are looking to take into our own um, business development and projects that we've been working on and really start to grow things up. And that's where we discovered the idea of like building in public. We're building things ourselves now that we're gone from the agency, um, and we're going to be building these, our projects right now, in public, um, so we'll be dropping different things, tips that we're learning, um, other stuff like that, all on our Twitter, um, and then we'll kind of be talking about each piece that we learn in this podcast, not only what we learn, but also just what we see out there that people are learning on Twitter. Totally. Kind of, we follow a lot of other like business podcasts where this is what they do. They have on other uh, guests and hosts and make connections and learn how to like better their own businesses. So it's dual initiative of us sharing information, but also just helping learn and grow more. And that's kind of like the whole idea of building in public and which is cool because I didn't really know about it growing into we coming from like an agency where it's pretty closed box. Like um, you're not really sharing a lot of what you're doing. It's um, a lot of, you use information and don't want to give it away so that it can be used and then yeah. you cut out of the picture where build in public is like the complete opposite of that yeah at an agency everyone tries to protect their secret their secret sauce their secret ad campaign their secret targeting group whatever it is um, and we want to open it all up yeah and so for background on what building in public is it's not public works it's nothing like that it's literally you taking your business idea your project idea sharing it out in the open getting feedback getting critique and really leveraging the kind of public space as your sandbox. And I think it's cool because it, you get a ton of accountability out of it. You get a lot more PR too. A lot, a lot more, more PR. Range. I also think it's cool because I think failing is pretty undervalued in terms of like growing a business or a project. Um, the longer it takes you to fail at something, it's just a wasted time that could have been used to move in the right direction. But under this kind of like frame of building in public, you're going to get a lot more feedback quicker. So you're going to find out if something's a bad idea. You're going to fail quicker. You're going to be able to advance quicker. So for this first episode, we are going to explore something pretty cool that we've been testing in the background. And as we're moving into this new transition, we've been kind of spending more time into, and that's the idea of leveraging video content. One of my favorite uh, ideas of marketing is like the every piece of the Buffalo where you, you make this one thing, but you use it in a bunch of different ways. So you make this one piece of content, like what we're going to do now and leverage it in like three to five different ways, not just in an audio medium, not just in a video medium. And that's what we've explored with video clipping. Yeah, when you can distribute that content across multiple social platforms, at the end of the day, it's not a lot of work to frame the video in a different format for a new social platform, right? That's the smallest and easiest piece of content. So you 
You've worked so hard to build this content only to put it on one channel is a complete waste. You've got all these channels that you can leverage it on. In our opinion, YouTube is king of video content, but very quickly is TikTok coming up on there, especially organic reach on TikTok. I think this was the first year TikTok, uh, or the first year Google wasn't the number one like website used in the world or something like that. Yeah, like TikTok, TikTok beat them. Yeah, it's crazy. So YouTube is king for video, TikTok coming up. And you again, it's the thing you'll hear all the time. Google's the number one search engine. What's the number two search engine? YouTube. However, SEO has been, or blogging SEO has been somewhat saturated people understand that better but what I don't think people understand as much is the YouTube algorithm and really doing search engine optimization for videos on YouTube quick stat on just like how much room there is for growth you know 4.4 million new blog posts are published every day while on YouTube there's only 3.6 million new videos published every day so that's you know a difference in about a million pieces of content from one strategy to the other YouTube just for reference 2.3 billion average monthly users it's crazy 62% of businesses use YouTube for content posting which is pretty low I think that stat though about 60% of businesses YouTube I mean I think there's still 30% of business owners that are above 50 plus in Mm -hmm. age-wise right and all those businesses probably aren't using YouTube those businesses could be using YouTube. I mean, it brings up too like a popular, I guess a popular trend that I've been hearing across different business podcasts is younger folks buying this baby boomer generation's businesses Mm -hmm. and going out and bringing them digital and monetizing through digital sources. Totally. Well, you have to think of like the uh, the user base too, right? Like the potential customers. So that's also like the business is going out. They're going to want to sell their business, but yeah. then also the consumer base coming in, like how are they looking to... Yeah. How's the 21-year-old looking to find a plumber? Yeah. Are they going to the yellow pages? No. No. <laughs> They're going to YouTube. Yeah. I put in a light fixture the other day and I went to YouTube. I did it all through YouTube. Um, so... Outside of like the how-tos, we took this strategy and applied it to the entertainment industry. For one of the podcasts that I produce, we made a big shift and big initiative into going forward with YouTube content, publishing full episodes because of the opportunity of people that like consuming podcasts on YouTube. By the time this comes out, or this will hopefully age well, YouTube's already making a big push into podcasts that's going to shape the space Spotify is attempting to with video and they're kind of failing, but YouTube is trying to in the next few months. So the podcast that's publishing full episodes on YouTube, it's just celebrity interviews. But in those interviews, there's these noteworthy clips that stand out. So seeing what other channels and like comedy podcasts that I follow were doing, we created a separate clip channel with the idea of monetizing and growing kind of clickbaity viral attention to these little chunks that are like three to five minutes comparative to the hour and 20 minutes long interview. I mean, I think I think that's important to bring up and I guess talk a little bit more about is that not everyone has the time to listen or watch Mm -hmm. an entire podcast, right? Either on video or audio. Um, And maybe they just want the top five best parts from that podcast, right? And if you can have someone choosing those for you, limiting your time from 60 minutes to four minutes, and you get just the top five best parts, right? And it's a trusted source, someone who's actually listening to this podcast every, you know, every day it comes out, the full 60 minute podcast and breaking it down for you, it's going to save people a lot of time. And that's what we found. The clips are getting hits. 
fast uh-huh. for, it's the same with like anything dude like even like the conferences we go to three yeah. three day conferences and the most important thing is something that you heard that was like a five minute speech yeah no literally i mean that's every conference you go to rarely yeah. is it i mean rarely are there even highlights from each person it's almost only like two people out of the 10 have mm-hmm. each have a two minute highlight yeah they all spoke for 60 minutes totally um so some quick stats around what this did for the channel and how it worked out wins and losses from the experiment for the first three 306 days up until like September 30th, 2020, we were posting about three times a week and only saw about 128,000 views for an average of 420 per day over that period. Um, Lost a little motivation to keep posting because it didn't hit as much as I thought. And this is my first time doing it. So pause for a little bit, but then four months later after the pause, clips started popping. Um, they started rece- receiving viral attention after the fact. Then the next 300 days after that fact, where I paused, we saw about 545,000 views that raised to an average of 1,700 per day. So that's an increase of 342%. And now looking at the channel to date, over the last two and a half years or so, we're at 18.8 million views over 829 days for an average of 22,758 views per day, which is huge. And that shows like the compounding impact impact of posting these older clips and again it's not because the clips started just becoming better they were what they were we were posting the same kind of viral hooks of um you know these celebrities and actors of cool stories that they had they just started picking up steam and once your video starts getting served and consumed they start recommending more of your videos and again i think seeing the really cool compounding effect was when you start looking at the data so in 2019 we had a thousand views 2020 1.6 million views 2021, 9.9 million. And in 2022, just three three months months. in, we're at 7.2 million views. So that's on pace for what, like 28 million, which is it's growing three and a half X the rate, three and a half X uh, from last year to this year, which is awesome. And then the average views per day, again, with not really increasing the schedule of clips posted 2019, 33 views per day, 2020, 4,000, 2021, 27,000 and 2022, I think too, the other thing that I was, um, that four months of pause that you said, right? You didn't mm-hmm. pause for four months and then all of a sudden it popped. It's like these, I think the, the YouTube algorithm works differently than how Google, right? Google, it, it'll rank you higher if that, if your post, your blog is, is, up to date, meaning like it got posted last week, right? On YouTube, these celebrities' names can pop up at any point, right? And when that name pops up, your content is going to be ranking. The good or the bad. Yeah. If someone gets married and you posted about them two months ago, they're going to... someone gets canceled. If someone gets they're canceled, gonna they're going to pop too. And that's what happened over that break was someone caught a case and went to trial. <laughs> and so that's the thing that we also started brainstorming. We were like, how do, uh, before we get into like how we're leveraging this now, we, th- we thought like, hey, should we do this with sports? And we ultimately decided decided not to do it with sports because sports is so like timely where their content for sports that's evergreen could be like the top 10 of all time right but if you're talking about a trade that just happened no one's going to come back to that video two months after the fact it's old news but with this stuff the stories are a little more evergreen there's nostalgia or people discovering it late it kind of hits a little better and i think one of the cool ways that we saw this actually occur is when I was pulling this data on March 8th, three of the top 10 videos that had been consumed over the last 28 days were videos from 2021, which is last year. And again, that's posting five to six times a week. So it shows that um, even with videos popping as they're being published, videos from the past are still getting a ton of attention. So it's this compounding effect. I'm sure, I'm sure it could be done in sports. 
Because I think every time there's a World Cup, I bet World Cup clips pop, right? Every time there's a World Series, people are looking up top 10 World Series plays ever. Every, every time, you know, there's a yeah, Stanley it's Cup. It's evergreen. But I think it's not as consistent in the news or in kind of people's day-to-day lives, right? There's only one World Series every year. There's only one World Cup every four years. So you want to pick the content that you can you think will come up the most, right? People are going to be searching something every day, every week, every month, not maybe once a year or once every four years. And so that was the performance on the Clips channel. Again, the compounding effect, but the kind of side, um, the side effect of what we were hoping was, hey, we post all these little clips that people are going to digest and consume easier. Is that going to grow the main channel more and it did in fact so here's how it kind of looked if we look at performance before the clips channel started in october of 2020 the channel received 1.4 million total views over 31 videos so that's stay with me 46,000 views per episode since then the channel has received 5.8 million total views over 72 videos so that's 80,000 views per episode that's an increase of 73 percent per episode which is huge that's massive of course there's a ton of different variables that come into play with like the guests you're booking, what's happening, um, <laughs> the actual quality of the episodes. But over this like large data sample size, you definitely can't say that the clips have hindered performance of the main channel. And this is clips from one specific podcast. Yep. Um, yeah. And at that same time, so we're just talking about the view numbers, but in terms of like the revenue increase too, we were able to increase our YouTube revenue by 141% comparative to just the full episodes exclusively, um, which is massive. So some of the takeaways that I discovered from this initiative, winners and losers, uh, the strategy leads to a lot of micro peaks and valleys, but the macro is a positive trend upwards. You can't really predict the future, but you can cover your bases and try to align on future buzz with related content. So you can't guess who's going to get canceled. But if you understand that these people draw a good you amount of attention, you can. Probably yeah. could guess. You, you, you could <laughs> guess. I mean, just look at uh, any comedian right now. But if you're if you have your bases covered and you're posting enough about what people care about in general, it's usually going to have you have a positive trend up. Yeah, and you're going to hit some, right? You're, uh, a comedian does get, is going to get canceled, right? And maybe that comedian is going to be a guest on the podcast and that video is all of a sudden going to pop. That's what he's saying about kind of these peaks and valleys, right? Something pops. It's, there's a reason. Their name's in the news. They got canceled. They just launched a good movie. There's something there's that, that people are searching for there. Yeah, and those little micro peaks and valleys, you know, the the uh, the previous highs or the your new lows will basically be your previous highs. You just need to stay consistent. And that's one of the things that I regret is taking that four-month gap. It's hard to double down when you're not seeing the performance. So hindsight, it's like, oh, I should have been posting more. Duh. But knowing now, it's like, yeah, I shouldn't have taken a break. That was dumb. Also, another good thing about or another good thing to keep in mind is don't piss people off people are there's a fine line allowable with clickbait i haven't really seen any aggression from youtube but i've seen much more aggression in users and comments and likes so you're trying to go after viral clips but you definitely you can't be misleading um so make sure that your content your thumbnails everything the copy you're using um is aligned with what you're posting and the content of the clips and don't make it so flagrant that it's a huge disconnect because when people see your channel pop up again they're either going to flag 
flag you or they're going to hide you, dismiss you, or they're going to report you. I mean, and if you're, if you're doing this, you know, say with other podcasts or sports or whatever it is, you don't want that person who's actually creating the content to come after you for your clips, right? You want to be able to monetize this channel and grow this channel without any issues. And if you're saying things that are just clickbait lies, you're going to get canceled. Yeah. In one way or another by users or YouTube. Um, so what we took this strategy with and tried to run with is applying it to current comedy podcasts that we enjoy now that we consume, pulling out clips, highlighting different uh, pieces in those episodes that are enjoyable, linking back to the full shows, giving them attribution, making sure that they're getting enough attention again, under the idea that they're going to help them grow. The whole idea speaking to sports and virality and these little small clips that are popping is to become the sports center of podcasts. In my kind of opinion, you know, why did ESPN get big? It got big because of sports center. Why is sports center big? Because it's a, uh, the top 10. You're getting the bite-sized digestible clips that you're going to talk about in the office the next day. Did you see that on sports center? You know, the Stuart Scott reactions, the small clips go a long way. And I don't think there's anyone doing it right now in the podcast space. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it right. There's sport, there's ESPN, there's Sports Center, there's top 10 plays, right? Each step is breaking it down into more digestible, shorter content. And that's exactly what, you, that's exactly what we're doing here with podcasts. But yeah. you could do it with a lot of other stuff. Anything with video content, you could break it down and get, you know, top plays, top shows, top moments, top scenes, whatever it is. Uh, it could be soap operas. It could be TV shows. It could be um, really anything that you can find where it's not copyrighted and you're not going to get it taken down by YouTube. Yeah. You could clip. Right now, a lot of the people that uh, do clips, it's very decentralized. And the cool thing that we're testing now is we're posting content that audiences will we're almost acting as like the algorithm. We're posting stuff that someone might be watching this one podcast and not be aware of this other, but it's very similar aligned in terms of the content and the comedy. So they're likely going to enjoy that content in the other podcast. Again, right now, these bite-sized clips are very decentralized. Like imagine if you could only see LeBron highlights, if you're following the Lakers fan page, that's kind of how they function right now, rather than that sports center centralization of all the different kind of content. So we're just testing this now with three podcasts. Um, obviously, there's thousands of podcasts out there that get hundreds of thousands of views. These aren't even necessarily top podcasts or huge podcasts. These are just podcasts that we find funny and we like to listen to already. Um, and so we started with them. Yeah, the end goal would be great to get these C to B level podcasts attention, help grow them, but then also start working with like the F to D level kind of comedy podcasts that have that ability to draw in the same audience right because the comedy audience it's you know all the way up to people selling out madison square garden to the 20 person rooms there's that talent that can blend across those different levels so it'd be great to get them involved in the channel to then help grow them up as well um, and have this kind of like ecosystem of content that all these people enjoy consuming in those digestible bite-sized fashions and you'll see it too with like like joe rogan right one of the largest if not the largest podcaster in the world has a channel called jr joe rogan and JRE clips on YouTube, right? And it's just tiny bite-sized clips. Even though he still has the full show, he's clipping it. So on the same, this is the same thing, right? You're just going after smaller podcasts. Maybe they get a thousand downloads a week instead of a hundred thousand or a million. And you're taking them and you're giving them access to kind of your audience, growing it organically through YouTube um, and growing their channel while you're doing it, their podcast, their show. Yep, exactly. And the cool thing is it's with some of the data that we've gathered, it's not just kind of like a hunch that it could work. We've seen it work. I mean, and you're going to make money on it. 
right? At the end of the day, you're not only helping these podcasts grow their following, grow their views, you're giving the clips, right? But when someone watches clips, now they might be more interested in watching the full episode than they were before. So they might go and, and do do a full episode. Dude, totally. There's so many comments I respond to where it's like, what's this from? Where's the full episode? Yeah, I want the full episode. Link, link the, the full, full episode. episode. They have a new subscriber. They have, you know, whatever it is. And um, it's just going to grow and you're going to make money doing it too. Yeah. So that's kind of our current project on this podcast uh, channel called Podcast podcasting curious that we are starting to cultivate and grow along that idea of really capitalizing on the I guess the public's smaller attention span and desire to really digest the small clips instead of full podcasts the goal is to take it on to different vertical or different yeah different verticals right now we're just in comedy there's tons there's a lot of like hip-hop and culture podcasts there's a lot of mental health podcasts where um, it'd be interesting to even get a blend of the people that like the comedy podcast like these other ones but there really isn't this kind of centralization of podcasting within clips there's like hosting centralization attempts with spotify and youtube but this doesn't really exist to my knowledge right now yeah i mean if i wanted to see the top 10 clips from every podcast that was uh distributed today i don't there's no way you can do that yeah Yeah. not clip wise so yeah that is our strategy around video clipping and content utilization making sure you're using every piece of it and it doesn't just stop here you know if we wanted to create a blog around it i'm not sure that'd be the best idea for podcast consumption but i could be wrong so that's just kind of like where we're starting to dive into right now with this one project so if you guys are seeing anything right now with similar projects or utilizing content in multiple different ways that you think would be beneficial to us let us know. We'll be sure to be active in wherever we're posting this in the comment section because it'll likely be a bunch of different platforms. But I think the one thing we haven't talked about yet is using this, using those clips across different social platforms, mm-hmm. TikTok, Instagram, right? TikTok, we've gotten a ton of organic reach mm-hmm. from even shorter clips than we're putting on YouTube, right? We're teasing it again, one-tenth of that video, right? So if it's two minutes, maybe we're doing a 20-second teaser on TikTok and driving people from the tic- from TikTok, which has great organic reach, Um um, and it's a great video platform to go viral on no matter what you're doing. And we're driving that traffic back to yeah, the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those Russian dolls, right? The marionette dolls. Yeah. It's like you're already taking the time to clip the content. Well, you can clip the clips to put it on YouTube. Uh, or Yeah, or that content's YouTube already been shorts, created. You could do reels. You could do TikTok stories. We've done just about all of it to continue like expanding reach. And it's the same kind of thing. It's the weirdest thing. What clips get hits, what don't. Some clips get hits on TikTok and some get hits on reels and it's, uh, there's variance between the two but it's the same idea of just leveraging the content in as many ways as possible yeah and i think the one end goal right you want to drive the traffic to wherever you're making money on it wherever you can monetize it so it's a lot harder to monetize a tiktok an instagram a facebook something like that that it is to monetize youtube right youtube pays their creators for the amount of views that they're getting so everything we drive goes to youtube mm-hmm. uh, but we're building followings across every platform which you know, definitely doesn't hurt. Yep, exactly. TLDR, clipping content that you're already producing and then publishing it on as many platforms as possible is going to help you continue to build your brand, your audience, and expand the different channels that you're publishing content on in general. Um, If you're spending a lot of time to make one piece of content, just make sure that you're leveraging it in, you know, three to five or X amount as many ways as possible. Yeah. Clipping people's content, making money, doing it. Become Sports Center. Become the ethical TMZ. Become Neil Everett just become TMZ. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next episode.